episode 397 of This Is Whole Life, where we together each week dig deeper into the topics happening here at Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. It's Ken, it's Melanie, it's Randy. And guess what? It's 2024. Dude, is this the first one of 2024? Right, because we finished before that, didn't we, last week? Or did we give them a new 2024? No, it had to be, because that was last Tuesday, which would have been the the second. And today's the ninth. It's the ninth. That would have been the second. So this is the second episode. Well, I was still in 2024. (laughs) New enough. And a new, even though it was a new year, we were still doing the reflections episode, because that's Mm. kind of how this works out. So this is like 2024, and our theme is connect. Connect. And the worship center looked amazing. Like if you didn't, if you didn't have a chance to be here, or if you just are only able to watch online, don't miss this past week because Melanie and the team rolled out a ton of new things this week, and uh, shaking it up, shaking it up, and I new like format, it. New format, new format, new kind of lighting stuff. <laughs> that, Very cool. That lighting project that y'all yeah. gave to, I am telling mm-hmm. you, this was this was the first yeah. chance to really see it all in action. It makes such a huge difference. It yeah. felt so many people were just like walking in, and you could tell they're just you know they're looking at the ceiling, they're looking at the floor. <laughs> and if you don't know why they were looking at the floor, just go back and look. I uh, don't think it was visible on the YouTube or. Uh, excuse me, the um, the Instagram post, but check out the video. It's on the front page of the website. Well, I know Abel has a picture of it, so yeah, maybe I think we should put it up. Check maybe production. Yeah. Oh, they might have put it up. Yeah. I'll have to double check. If not, we'll put it up because, man, that Super was a cool. that was just a, a total atmosphere. Worshipful, the, the, the new style change for how we start services. So mm-hmm. like, don't be late because if you're on time, you're late. <laughs> That's the Vince Lombardi. If you're not here five minutes early, you're late. And that really holds true now. So- it's just a word yeah. to the wise. Okay, things that we need to go over. <laughs> you guys, emails are killing me. I am having so much fun. Brittany <laughs> sent us an email after last week's episode and said, thank you guys for making me hungry on my way to work this morning as I was listening to the Reflections episode. By chance, would Melanie be open to sharing her recipe for the fake meatballs also, are there plans for church potlucks in 2024? And I am happy to report that, yes, there are plans for potlucks. Be watching the event events page. You can swipe up in today's show notes. The link is there or wholelife.church slash events. And guess what? Melanie's meatless meatball recipe, I love saying that, yeah. <laughs> is in the show notes today, along with the icebox cookies that I enjoyed over that break as well. So the answer was yes. Yes. Yes, I am willing to share. And I actually, I talked to Brittany during uh, service this past week, and uh, she promised <laughs> that she, after she makes them, she'll, she'll, she'll let us back? know if, right. if they're any good or not. So. Well, I am afraid this week we're not going to make anybody hungry because no anybody got no time for food because y'all had a million and ten <laughs> questions this week, which is good. We're happy about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll trade that. Interaction is awesome. But Carolina Just- Dave sent me an email. And he said, and I have, I forgot to forward this on to the rest of you all, so I'll just give you the, the short and the shortened version and send you the long version. But he said he absolutely loved last week's podcast, especially all the talk of food. That brought great joy to my heart. So thanks, Carolina Dave. And then he said, speaking of food, I have an idea of how you all can celebrate the upcoming 400th episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go skydiving. 
ate Mr. Bombastic's, or I mean Ken's Parmesan cheese infused omelets on the way to the ground, (laughs) then finish up with a meal at the vegan restaurant he was talking about. Make sure this is all caught on video and extra bonus points if Melanie pushes everyone out of the plane first. I love that idea. Just an idea. LOL. Signed, Carolina Dave. I I like it, Carolina Dave. Say that till we can do that with Carolina Dave. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I just I was trying. I knew there was no way. Who's now, gonna get through without laughing? I had somebody come up to me and volunteer their home for the 400th episode. Did you? Did anybody talk to you? Nobody has talked to me. Uh, well, but we'll, I, we'll talk off uh, air then about okay. it. Well, then. I've got one more. Okay. I don't know if we can do it though. It's a great idea, but I don't okay. know if I can pull it off. And it wouldn't be on Tuesday, so that was kind okay. of the. And so, let, anyway, we'll we'll here it is. This is from the Maxon tribe who met me on uh, second floor of the church for some odd reason. Yeah, some odd reason. Huh. If you it's almost like there's a game afoot. Yeah, there might what? be. And if there was, you might want to go back and check. If there's ever a reason to go back and check out the message from last week, now okay. it, it's on It's on the front page of the website. Go back. Maybe you can find the clue. Just so, saying. You're going to have to look, though. It's It won't necessarily... Yeah, no, it's not going to be easy. No. But the game master, he's a... Uh, He's a by the book, by the rules. Yeah. Yes. He's a little strict. Makes everybody do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, man, down to yeah, the f- crossing the T. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure it's on the end and make sure there's no ED after it either. No. Because I, I didn't, I was, no. Yeah. Crack the whip. Make sure it's there done it right. That's it. So <laughs> what they, the, they came upstairs and they said, we have an idea for episode 400. All right. We could all co- collectively hang out and get tickets to the season four premiere of The Chosen. Hmm. Which is on the first, which is a Thursday. So we, interesting. So if we could do it early enough that, I mean, I don't wouldn't want to exclude anyone. Here's the issue. That's Thursday. So yeah, we at, drop on Wednesday and okay. So we could do the regular episode. Technically, it would be episode four hundred. Or Ken could just use his connections with Dallas Jenkins and get it moved to Tuesday. Yeah, get the maybe. premiere moved to Tuesday. Okay, maybe he could send it to us on Tuesday, <laughs> and we could watch it at the church. That would be so that would cool. be so much fun. But because I, don't think I have those kind of connections. <laughs> oh. But what we could do is if we went and say we caught the, maybe there's a five or a six o'clock, we caught that and then we came back and maybe set the podcast up in 305 upstairs and anyone that came, we could tape the podcast. I would, however, have to get it. Uh, and, it could, and this could even be like a bonus. Like this could just be like bonus. This was this is a, in celebration of. But it's 400. an episode four hundred. If it's a bonus, it's really not okay. Then. But I really like the idea. I, and I love the idea. And Friday, Dr- I am leaving for the weekend. I will not be here. I'll be in. Hmm. Where did I say? Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Oh, that's right. You're doing. You're the big guest speaker for well, a one of massive convention yeah. of. Uh, yeah. Podcast and communication professionals. And one of, various other cool people. One or four or five. I guess keynote, I, right? I am leading off Friday night, I found out. <laughs> so I'm like 50 minutes. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Randy, oh, I think you got this. Randy, <laughs> I got 50 minutes. You don't even have to prepare. You, you've got it covered. Uh, so anyway, I will be in Fort Myers that weekend, so it would have to get done. So if you have the, the link, we'll talk off air, and maybe we can announce that next week then. Okay. To do 400. That would be... I would love to do someone's house. It was actually... After we've so been one talking of our, about one the, of our longtime listeners has the, volunteered their home. The Art of Gathering? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Recommended book. I think they've even said that they may be providing food. <gasps> Whoa, okay. Foodies unite. <laughs> mm. All right, good deal. I don't know. All right, we can't go down the food 
rabbit hole today because this message we started off, Ken revealed. Well, if you walked into the worship center, it was you revealed. If you didn't figure it out right away. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know if it was ever more obvious. I loved that there were signs. Yeah. There were T-shirts. There were lights. There were... Somebody I, just said there were T-shirts? Right. But there I was, guess... Yeah, there Yeah, were. I guess the... All the band and the uh, everyone was yeah. all dressed in garb with that with that purple hue coming across. It's hard the to believe logo. that that you know anybody could actually have gotten one of those t-shirts. Huh. I know people were yeah. like, wait a minute, just maybe another little clue out there. Melanie was wearing purple glasses. I was wearing purple glasses. She also had yeah. on purple lipstick, right? And she, purple toenail polish because but, you know, but yeah. So if you, it was just, it was, it was the new, there was no way you could not know that connect was, was a foot on the new theme for 2024. And the, the message created a ton of, now here's a, here's a promo if there ever was one. If you feel like, you know what, I'm not so sure that I, you know, that I fit in or that I found my tribe. I'm just saying, even if you are in house, if I were you, I would be in the chat. Because there is some amazing, amazing conversations that are happening. And I'm, you know, I know there's some people that can't do one. You know, you can't be reading or commenting in the chat while you're listening. And that's so you just come to first service, right? And then you come <laughs> back. focus there. Then yeah. second service, tune, tune in from home, right? And I mean, you'll have you all kinds it. of things that you can add to the. There is just my point is there is a great community of people that are worshiping yeah, every week. Sure. There's friendships being formed. There are people that are just waiting for those to come in and wish them, you know, happy that they're happy to see them, happy they're here. And the conversations are, you can see between certain people are starting to form as questions and answers and waiting for someone to, to respond. And this week we found out who the uh, princess of Guyana was. In the chat, uh, she was she outed herself, so I guess I can't you know do any harm in saying it was Zatara, which made me laugh really really hard in second service. Of course, Stanley, we're gonna send you to flag school. I know. What did he say it was? I think he said it was Jamaica. Yeah, Jamaica, Jamaica. And she's like, yeah. no, yeah. no. Oh, that was that was yeah. great. And so, but everyone was really engaged because I think when. We always talk about as a church or just in life in general, when you have to connect with people, there's a certain, even if you're an extrovert, there's a certain amount of anxiety that comes, even if it's brief, like, man, do I have to go do this? And do I have to, is this a group that's going to accept me or do I have to put on my game face or do I have to pretend to like things that everyone else likes or talk about subjects that everyone else wants to talk about or am I going to feel at home? If I'm quiet, do I, will I feel accepted? And so as soon as you do that, of course, the, the natural thing is we have introverts, we have extroverts. And from what I heard from, and I'll find where this one came out because I've never heard this before. And I don't know if this is an actual um, medical uh, diagnosis or if this is, was three pages, six pages of notes here. Wow. <laughs> so there is a ton and it is an ambivert. Right. Yeah. Is that a real thing? In that's ambivert? a thing. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. You learn something new every day. I was like, I'm an ambivert. I'm in the middle, and I'm like, wait a minute, an amb? What? <laughs> that okay? Okay. So you're an ambivert. 
and then there was a lot of introverts like, wait a minute, just because you're an introvert doesn't mean that you're not social, that you're not right. social or that you hate people. Right. right. A lot of people would yeah. not guess that I'm an introvert initially because I'm, I'm not shy. I love people. I like talking sure. to people. It's just, you know, but there's only so much everybody can take. Yeah. Right. Even extroverts. I mean, I, there's times where even as an extrovert, I'm like, right, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> I think it just has to do with how fast your battery drains when you're, oh. when you're social. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's legit. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Who does the, ba- oh yeah. That's Emily's new thing. When she said, when she's hungry or she, her blood sugar is low, she'll be like, mama, my battery's low. Oh, you're like, oh okay. I feel you, Emily. <laughs> I know. Right. And so that's a good, that's a good one. My battery she's might be very self-aware. I love that. Yeah. So that's a good, and maybe your battery's low. You got to check that out. When you started the message, you talked about how, when Jesus calls us to follow him, which was last year. And of course we had to arise first and now we're out to, he's calling us to connect, but you said he leads us towards connection, vertical, vertical connection with God and horizontal connection with each other. And I never really thought about the, just that picture. There was a little graphic on the screen and I don't know why, but it made a ton of sense that not that it was, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but at the same time, Two different ways, even though we maybe go about things differently, do we when it do we need to? Is vertical the same as horizontal when we talk to God, or should it be should our horizontal conversation be the same as our or should our vertical conversation be the same as our horizontal? Are are we being respectful? Are we being or because sometimes it seems like if I just talk to God like I would talk to Ken or Melanie, it seems a little blasphemous, to be honest. Like, so, like maybe I should be in King James English or something well, like that. You know, like take, <laughs> take your shoes off. You're on you're on holy ground. And I, and I think it's a, that's not a, a, a bad awareness, but I, I sometimes feel like, ooh, that was. And honestly, that's the way I do the most of my communicating vertically. So sometimes I just wonder. Yeah, but if you look at the rest of the Old Testament, you've got people taking off their shoes in front of a fire, and then you've got people who are literally feeding God and then arguing with God. Yeah. So there's no. I, I, I guess think it, I think that there are lots of examples of different ways that different. people have interacted with God. I just feel like there's they, there's judging from the comments and some of the some of the conversations that were happening that you know are we are we are we recognizing holy in the way that we communicate with God and is there a holy way to communicate or is it for for anything just like you would talk to anyone else as your friend and but no one's that kind of friend either i think that's one of the innovations of christianity that probably most of us don't appreciate is that um in christ christ brought about a different way of communicating hmm. um with god or the gods than what the world was used to up to that point okay um up to that point there were incantations that had to be said in a specific order a specific way sometimes a specific time and different gods had different ways of going about communicating with them and the gods were kind of finicky um, they kind of were capricious. They kind of, you know, but you had a specific way of interacting with them generally. And it, it, you needed to be very careful. You need to say the right words in the right order. And when I look at the way that Christ instructs his disciples to talk to God, 
he starts off what we commonly call the Lord's, Lord's Prayer, Prayer yeah. with um, Abba is the word that's being used there, and it's it's far less formal than Father. Um, okay, it would it would be more comparable to to Daddy would be probably a little bit more of the way that Christ addresses this model prayer and begins it. Hmm. And I think, unfortunately, we've taken that prayer, and instead of recognizing it for being a model, we've, we've at times turned it into um, rote, and it's beautiful, so sure. there's nothing wrong with doing that, with saying it. But I think that one of the lessons that Christ teaches us through that prayer is that, that God isn't some, you got to say the words in the right order, in the right way, wearing the right thing on the right day to be heard by God, that no matter where you are, um, and that was another feature of, of the gods 2,000 years ago is that certain gods um, were able to hear you better in certain places than in other places. Like um, that's why Israel is – that you'll you'll see sometimes in the Old Testament it talks that the, the god of the mountains and the god of the valleys, there were different gods for different areas. The, hmm. the, this god was more powerful in this area and less powerful over in that area. And so – Christianity brings about this this idea, and, and Judaism, for that matter, does that that God is everywhere. That God, no matter where you are, God's capable of hearing you. And um, you know, one of my favorite lines out of uh, the book Steps of Christ, written by Ellen White, is that uh, she says in the chapter on prayer that that prayer is the opening of the heart as to a friend. Hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thought. Um, I think it's, and I think it's very, very biblically grounded that we're not dealing with a deity that that wants distance and wants, like you need, you know, I'm up here and you're down here. Yeah, down here yeah. That rather that God wants us to really genuinely connect with Him like a father and child relationship. That He wants that connection, and you know. With at least with my kids, they don't have to get the words. They don't. They don't even always have to get the right words. If I kind of figure out what it is that they're needing, I'm going to meet that need. I'm going. To, I'm not looking for them to, you know, <laughs> say you right. know to be able to. Yeah. Well, as, as soon as you get that figured out, then I'll go ahead. And I don't know. I always told my kids, ask nicely. <laughs> There, I guess there is that. So maybe there. Maybe sorry, there, sorry, maybe derail, derail. Yeah. Go for it. Go no, ahead. It's true though. But you know, like I said, I think that in the same sense that we want our kids to have some respect for us, that we need to have respect for God as well. But I don't know. I think that sometimes the difference between the respect that we expect from children is far different than what we think that God, mm. what God expects from us, and we kind of put God as like wanting this, like you must be quiet. You must speak yeah. in King James English, and you must, you must, you must be in order for God. A couple of years ago, with all due respect to the writers of the Prayer of Jabez, that was a big fad to say the Prayer of Jabez, and it's like if you said that magical incantation in the right, then God would somehow expand your territory and make you rich beyond belief. If you just said the Prayer of Jabez, because apparently this was, and the Prayer of Jabez is a cool thing. It's a neat little thing that's in the Bible, but it's a template. It's, sure. it's, uh, and it isn't necessarily always about enlarging your physical territory. Um, and so I'm a little cautious when people get prescriptive about how to pray. Uh, I think that, 
I shy away from the idea that you, if, if you can just get the right incantation, that God will finally well, pay attention right. to you and meet your needs, but that God is just waiting for you to figure out what the magic wording is, you know? Yeah. Just on a quick sidebar, I thought you rolled the dice with the Legos. Did I? I was like, man, <laughs> you are bringing two cute kids up on stage to play with Legos. And I'm like, is anyone going to go back to doing this other? Because I was totally. Well, that's why I didn't let them stay up there. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, well, let's get back. And to then the... there was Steve. Oh, Steve. He was there hanging out with them, making sure. Steve and then... was a great guy, man. I'll tell you what, he did such a good job with that. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, yeah, he was a plant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I was When we were at worship practice, I told the, the worship team what I was going to do. And she was like, oh, can I play with him? I was like, oh, this is actually a really, really good, good idea. idea. Yes. Yeah, yes. To have at least one, <laughs> one. adult child up, <laughs> up there. So. Well, and then they got it right. You they asked did. the question, at least at second service. I didn't see first. I uh, was doing something else. Yeah. But second service, how cute was it that it's, it's like putting people together? And you're like, oh, <laughs> come on. Drop the mic. Walk that's it, yeah, that's it. The message is over. Just drop the mic. It's gone. First service was different, but it was equal. It was good it as was well. It? Mm-hmm. it was, I you know, if you have time, I would definitely say go watch the end of both services because the ending is is a little bit different for, for from both each. Okay, because we had the the live Legos yeah going down, and um, each one I thought had its very kind of highlights. I think the cuteness factor probably went to second f- service, but the um, the Lego building went like, to first first service. It was nuts what they awesome. made. So. Well, you can find both. Both of, of them did a great job building, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but both of you, both of those, can be found at our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash at symbol Whole Life Orlando, and you can find both of those services. Check out the ending. All right, I I think I missed it, and I listened to it twice, but I think I missed it. So I wanted you to just briefly go over that connect is the pivot point that makes everything work. What came before and what comes after? Because we had a rise. We already talked about that. We had follow me. Now we're in connect. And then next year... Overflow. Overflow. And then the year after that, greater things. Greater things. So t- so tell us tell us connect, why, why this is the pivot. Um, Why is it the pivot? I think it's because it is what holds everything together. <laughs> <laughs> That's what connects everything together. Oh, um, so in in my mind, when we follow Christ, Christ leads us into community, into belongingness, into connection, and so that's why for me this is kind of the the pivotal yeah. year. Is that this is this is where you know this is why we arose. This is why we are following Jesus. We, we follow Jesus because we love him, but the, it's where he's taking us. And then when we talk about overflow and greater things, those are the, those are overflow happens and greater things happen because of connection. Because we're connected. Because we're connected. Gotcha. And they don't happen without it. But you have to have the first two to get to connect. Correct. You have to understand those. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. And I just... That's um, that was super clear. That makes it easy. I like connect. I'm ready for connect. All right, I'm ready for it. So the the loneliness. We took a little survey. Yeah. Did it surprise you in the results in any way, or did, was it right about where you thought it was going to be? I wasn't sure what to expect. Okay. I mean, I, 
if I'm going to be honest, I was kind of hoping that we get back that we have a church full of people who aren't lonely and that um, yeah, of course. because whole life is such an amazing community of people that nobody was experiencing loneliness but no I don't think I don't know whether I I, I guess I went in not sure what I was going to see and so I, I don't know if I was surprised or not surprised I, I think I didn't feel overly surprised there was a part of me that was like oh I wish that there was a little bit less Loneliness, loneliness represented up there um but it it bore out with you know what you would see in in national averages maybe a little less severe loneliness than in national averages but but yeah it was it kind of came out that way and i don't know if i don't know if i ever saw the final numbers um i know i saw second service but i'm, I'm not sure what so that was a collection. Was that the final. Yeah, that was a collection okay. of the two because it goes back. Do you to have the? Do you have the, like what it was? Or? I didn't. I forgot to to That's grab okay. those numbers. But I, I guess I felt Wasn't like it the, like um, very lonely. Often was like around ten or fifteen percent something. It was eleven percent for first service, and then second service. The um, the culminating number yep. I think was seventeen percent. Seventeen percent. Yeah, it jumped on second service. And it left us with what about twenty five percent that didn't feel it very often twenty eight percent something like that something like that like and that. then everybody else was kind of experiences on this sometimes sometimes you know what I think is really powerful though even though we have people who are experiencing loneliness I think the fact that we are in a community that cares about the fact that people are lonely and cares about connection and now this is our focus for this year I think there's something slightly less lonely about knowing that your loneliness is going to be addressed yeah no and I think I that hope so I think that, that that bears out in the questions I, that we had in the comments well I, I got no. a I got a text message for somebody after service that said thanks for saying what Thanks. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. They just kind of, thanks for acknowledging that because, you know, we often talk about all the things that whole life does really well. And I'm happy that we do do a lot of things well. And I think we always can improve. And this is one of those areas that I've had a couple people over the last several years that have kind of come up to me and just said, Hey man, I, I feel, I come mm -hmm. here. I don't always feel like I'm seen. I don't always feel like I'm cared about. And I feel like if I quit coming, nobody would really notice. Mm. And and that is the challenge of a large church because unless you're really actively involved in a small group or a, or a Sabbath school, and even then sometimes, um, if you stop showing up, it's, it's hard for people to know unless there's been some community that's been drawn up where, you, where you've got some people that yeah, that notice it. So, you almost have to get to a point where people are also know your comfort level with being with someone asking that question because how it's pretty uncomfortable if you say, man, I haven't seen you at church for a while and, or, you know, and it's like, Oh, well, yeah, I was there two weeks ago. You must've missed me this well, like So you're not paying attention. You don't even know when I'm there or when I, or when I'm not. I think though, as pastors, we often hear the stories from people who, who's maybe not often, hopefully not often, but we hear the stories where, where people will just, quit going to church and nobody nobody sends them a text nobody sends them an email nobody yeah. says anything and they're they're just gone and they may have the, they may not even want to come back but yet i think we've all been in a situation where we just wanted to, you know i remember eating at a restaurant and the service was terrible and <laughs> it was just such a horrible situation the pizza came out and it was 
like they'd put it in the freezer for 10 minutes before they brought oh. it to me. <laughs> and as I'm walking out, um, the, the manager says, so uh, how was everything today? And I said, it wasn't good. And she said, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and I think sometimes we do that at church, right? It's just like I'm lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be more friendly then. Be more friendly. You know, it's like well, you know, yeah, I mean, you can tell people to be more friendly, but it's it, there are times where I hear stories from people where they they have reached out and they just don't nobody really reaches back. And if you're, if that's not an easy thing for you to do after two or three times of doing that, you're like, I just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and, and people just, they thirst for a lot more than just a, a good, good music and a, and a good word. Sure. They really, people genuinely, even the most, even the people who maybe have the fewest, the fewest little connectors on their logo, Lego block, we all hunger to be noticed and cared about. Sure. You know, that's one thing we were planning a um, volunteer job fair, not for this coming week in the 13th, but for the 20th. Mm -hmm. And that is a massive opportunity to connect because there are all kinds of different things that we're going to have open where, where we, we need people to come in and be involved. Yeah. And that's an amazing way to get in there, get to know people, do something that's meaningful and build your tribe, build, you know, and, and get to the place where you are making friends in the midst of your ministry. Well, and I think a lot of times we look at, oh no, they want me to volunteer. <laughs> Yeah. And the volunteer then is like, oh, how often do I have to do this? Is this yeah. a weekly thing? And right. I've always encouraged people to volunteer. If you find a place that you feel welcome or that is inviting and something you think you'd like, even if you'd like to try, you're not sure, go for it. But, you know, start small. Say, like, I'm available once a month and that's it. But then when you find like, oh, wow, this really is my tribe. I'd like to be there. Yeah, maybe I want to see my month. friends. I right. want to hang out with the people that yeah. I know. Or you might come and not even you might still hang out with them like here at church. I mean, go to the AV room after and in between services. And there are piles of people that, oh, I'm not on this week. I'm just here hanging out with mm -hmm. my friends. Yeah. Or they're up in the green room hanging out afterwards in between playing music, swapping stories and laughter. And mm -hmm. my office usually has people in it that, you know, may not be volunteering or maybe they have and they're just here. So I, I think take it small. It doesn't have to be a huge thing and, and you know, put the toes in the water and see what, uh, see what feels good. Well, and not only that, we have, you know, what we want people to have fun. We want people to yeah. want to volunteer. We want people to, to be in an area that they're passionate about and doing something that they really, really like with mm -hmm. people that they like. And so sometimes, you know, I've, I've had a couple people say, Hey, you know what? My life is really overwhelming right now. You know, I'm in the <laughs> middle of this or this or this, I need to take a hiatus. And that doesn't mean, yeah. You know, I'm never doing this again. It just means, hey, I need a break. And there's no shame in needing a break, you yeah. know. So mm -hmm. so I think I think it's okay to get involved and it's also okay to say, hey, you know what? I need a little break for a while. But I think you're right, Randy. I think what ends up happening a lot of times in many of the ministries is that people end up making friends and then they want to be there whether they're actually quote unquote on or not. Yeah. Or And usually you're more in the know about what's happening, mm -hmm. maybe what's happening behind the scenes. 
And it's other opportunities that you can cross pollinate with another ministry. That's like, man, we could just use someone that has, because I've seen you around more, I now know what you might be good at and how that might affect my ministry. And yeah, why don't you come over and you just hang out, see if this is something that you'd like to do. Or, or if I don't want to be too busy, no, but I'll still come and hang out. Doesn't mean I have to be here. And so I think that's in the fun part. I think, you know, while we try to do everything with excellence around here as much as possible, we also like to have fun. And we can be fun and excellent. We can, because it's excellent to be fun. <laughs> that's right. All right. Now let's let's get to the questions. And I'm gonna just warn everyone, there's some there's some questions and comments in here today that really struck people when you start talking about feeling lonely or you start feeling isolated. And there's there's topics, um, suicide, things like that, that people wanted to discuss and, and wanted people to be aware about. And I don't wanna I don't ever want to be a, a, a downer, but I also want to be true and, and transparent. And so, you know, if some of those ideas are maybe a little bit not your speed, um, I'm going to go to that one right away. And if you want to just hit forward by maybe a couple 30 seconds, you could probably just avoid that altogether. But I mean, there was multiple comments and I'm not going to, we just don't have time to read every comment that came in, but there were talk about, you know, people being isolated, people feeling lonely and, and depression and where that leads to. And, and one thing that I wanted to also just remind all of us is that even within our church community, there are many smaller communities, marginalized communities, people that already feel probably that way in their normal life. And then if it's church on top of it, it's a really, really hard struggle. And Randy said uh, in, in response to some other comments that suicide is a tragic end to life. And the statistics show that our LBGTQ1 plus youth are four times more likely to attempt it. Transgender young people are eight more times likely. Further, when these groups have supportive family and commonly those rates vanish Oh, I'm sorry. They have supportive family and community. Those rates vanish. And then add to that that a large percentage of Christian churches don't necessarily have an environment that is conducive for someone to feel safe. How might this inform us as a community of faith? And, I, you know, as someone who doesn't always hasn't always felt comfortable at church myself and being part of another community that sometimes just feels hard to go to church and to feel accepted and to have an environment that doesn't feel safe. And man, my heart goes out to everyone that has felt that way. And I wanted to add before we, we finish that one, Hoyos has had was kind of a similar experience. Said sadly, people in church are the ones who judge others easy. The senses of thinking they're better or not making the same mistakes or sins. And they said, I don't go to church anymore because I was being put down and People were checking on who I was dating or if I got married and if not, why. And I was a single mom by that time. And I noticed that they were also fighting for positions and criticizing. And those are two, two different, you know, single mom. I, I get that too. I was a single parent at one point in my life. And you, you do feel that everyone's watching you. People are judging you. And I felt that, and I think that I felt what I was feeling was valid. And I'm certainly not saying that what, um, what she's feeling is, is not valid. And it, but finding a community that is warm and inviting and saying, you're welcome here no matter what. And I hope that's what we're, what we're, you know, we're trying so hard at, at whole life to create that community that it just is accepting. And, you know, I'm, 
and responded to a couple emails and I'm like, you know, God isn't done with me yet. Thank goodness. Cause <laughs> I'm in no shape. I'm in no shape in, in many ways to give, to give advice or, or to do that. But I also want to say that you're valued here at whole life and that, you know, whatever you've gone through and I hope that Hoyos, I don't know where you live, if you're someplace local or, or if you just join us online, but I'm a, I'm happy that you join us online and uh, I'm thank you for, for reaching out and being uh, feeling comfortable to, to share that with us, Randy, the same that we really do want to let you know that as a staff and as a church family, that you are loved and you're valued. And I, I just, I didn't want to leave those, you know, when people feel that way, just sometimes just to, to know that there are others that are on your side feels really, really good and, and uh, are there to support you. I think sometimes we think of, of family and then there's this ideal that's sort of, that, that is attached to that word family. You know, this yeah. is what family looks like. And then we, we take that and we say, okay, now this is what church family is supposed to look like. And what I love about whole life, I met somebody this past week that just came in and said she, she wasn't from the area, but she awesome. looked us up online and, <laughs> you know, read through our values and some other stuff on our website and thought this would be the place for her to come wow. and visit while she was here, which I thought was really cool. But one of the things that I love and that she mentioned about our church family is we're we're a messy bunch. We're a messy and diverse bunch, which makes us a pretty, I think, a pretty fun family yeah. of and a family that that I think more closely resembles this vision of what John saw around the throne in Revelation of of people who were large and small of every nation, tribe, and tongue, and all of these, you know, all of these different kinds of people coming together in one place to make one big, messy, beautiful family. And so I think when you, when you strip away that, I, that whatever that ideal, ideal is, is yeah. and you say, you know what, this is what family looks like, then more people can be included in that picture. And I, I, I love that that's something that we specifically make space for. It's not perfect. I'm not calling it a perfect family, <laughs> but I am calling it a family that, that's willing yeah. to do the hard work and, and love each other and, uh, and do repair work when necessary too. And being just given the space to do it. I think that's part of, you know, it's, it's, it's where the judging feels super personal, like a tax when I don't really know, I don't know your community. I don't know you well enough to know your, your true struggles and why something that may seem safe or, or innocuous to someone else will just be an attack. And so to just say, Hey, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. And if, but if you feel that way, I see you, I feel you. And I, I wish if there was, if there's something I can do to help, you know, please, please reach out and let us know. Cause I think that's where, if we feel like, Oh, we're, we're just a loving bunch. I mean, like you said, this person was like, Oh, then the values are, and again, all those values are great. We're not always perfect in those, but I think having those two brings me comfort that at least I know what we're, what we're trying for. And that feels good to at least go, yeah, I'm not perfect in any of these probably, but and I've got lots of room to grow in a few of them, but overall, I've, I feel like that's a that's a warm a warm welcome. You know, going back to the first question that you kind of had posed there, that was I believe from Randy. We all really want to be seen. 
and, absolutely and cared about um not in spite of and that's where I think a lot of Christianity gets in trouble. We're like, well, we're all sinners in front of God. And, you know, that's the nice the nice side of Christianity as well. We're all sinners. So you're... I think, though, that a lot of our society is looking for a place um, where, of course, we all know we're all sinners, but we where we're where we look at each other and say, I love you. I just genuinely care about you. And I'm yeah. not focused on what loving you in spite of I'm 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 loving you for you and as I see you I see you as a person I don't see you as a project that um that you know once you get you know some kind of fixer upper home where you know when we finally remodel <laughs> you and get you to the place where everything is good then I'll like you or but I'll tolerate you till then but then the roof is going to need to be redone again yeah. by the time you get to that point. <laughs> exactly. And right. So, and so my, I guess my point is that I just think that sometimes, um, especially with marginalized communities over the millennia, Christians have not always done a very good job of doing what Jesus did and, and loving unconditionally the marginalized and seeing them as Christ sees, sees the marginalized and, and, helping move people out of the margins into the center, you know, that whole thing where God said that I may be in their midst. Yeah. God was in the midst of a very messy group of people. God wanted to be in the midst of a bunch of people who were going to build a golden calf right around the same time he was saying that. <laughs> and so yeah. I think that, I think we need to, I think we need to live in the midst. I think that we need to be, um, you know, if you have something that's worth buying, people will buy it. You don't have to usually overdo it. Um, and if you have something worth that's life changing, people will see it in your life and want want to have that too. Yeah. You know what? Bottom line, you belong here. Yeah. You belong here. Doesn't matter what any. I mean, we cannot control every single interaction of every single person that that happens, but our entire staff. Yeah. And, and everybody that is committed to our mission and values wants you here and you belong here. Absolutely. No matter how imperfectly some of those might go from time to time. Indeed. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Asking wants to know, how can a Christian find connection if other Christians they know do not want to connect with them? And how to follow up, it's kind of in the same vein. Can a connection with others who don't profess Christianity but who share so much still provide that connection? So what if what if you come to church and no one wants to connect with you? It's almost like should I go out to my non-Christian friends that I have things in common with? Is that still a connection that we're talking about here? You know, that's interesting. I had that conversation with uh, with one of our church members, and maybe the same person who uh, who wrote this. I don't know, but they were just saying, you know, I've I've come to whole life and try to make some connections it just hasn't been happening for me so I find that I have this other hobby that I really enjoy and the people there are not Christians but they're pretty awesome but <laughs> if I'm sick for a week they call to ask why I wasn't out doing this hobby that that I enjoy you know I had a really good discussion with that person and it it kind of hurt my heart a little bit to hear that they weren't being able to find the connections here hmm. so yeah I am glad that with this other hobby you're able to find some connections but all it did is it would just reinforce how much I want, you know, not everybody clicks with everybody. And that that's, that is just a fact of life. And it's a fact within the Christian church. And there, 
but I have to think in a church of 1,270 people, there's got to be a couple people that you're going to connect with if we put you in the right situations. And so that's one of the commitments that, you know, our whole life staff this year is really um, working on is creating more opportunities for people to meet other people here at church. Um, you know, we've got the movie night that's coming up um, on the 20th of this month. We've got the potluck that'll be coming up, I think, in March. We've got, and, but it's more than that. There's there's a lot more things and we're working on small groups. And sometimes it takes people a little while to warm up. And that's one of the things about a small group is that if you can get involved with a small group, you may not connect with everybody in that group, but there might be one or two people sure. over the course of eight to 12 weeks. They're like, oh, I'd like to do more stuff with this person because I, I felt a connection there. My encouragement to everybody is like, keep reaching out and then be looking for people who are reaching out. Be aware that there are people that are that are lonely yeah. at whole life. As much as we don't like to admit it, there are. Sure. You know, we just did um, the mission index this last week. And so I'll put a little shameless plug in. Well, I don't know. Can we put in the yeah. show notes? Yeah, uh, show notes will be that. To yep. that. Love for you to fill it out. We've had about 189 people fill it out. Last year, we had a total of 169 people fill it out. So we're we're ahead on the number of people, but I'd still love to, I'd love to see 500 people fill that thing out. I was going to say, let's at least go 400 for I'd episode to, 400. Let's uh, love to see that. Happen. But you know, one of the one of the key questions that we that we see in there is that um, I feel I, I feel loved and cared about at whole life. Yes or no? Yeah. Um, and that one really matters to me. I look at it, and um, right now we're in the ninety ninety percent uh, high ninety percent. Well, mid ninety percent. How about that? Which for a church, I think is usually probably pretty good. My deep desire would be that everybody felt that way that came to whole life. Is sure. that realistic? Maybe not, but that's, that's the goal. I, sure. I you know, we're so. definitely not saying, wow, we're doing really well. We can relax now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep it going. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a ton of questions that I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to take some of these and put them into context that we might've already answered. And but I do want to go through them. Someone asked, do you need to sacrifice a bit to have a connection, what do you sacrifice? Yeah, connection always requires sacrifice. Sure. It does. I mean, I, I was talking to staff meeting today that every time we, you know, and this is a well-known saying, that every time you say yes to something, that means you're saying no to something else. And so every time you make a connection here, it means that, that you're probably having to sacrifice something Somewhere somewhere, yeah. um, whether that's your time giving up time, whether it means maybe your patience, connecting with somebody that that's not the easiest for you to connect to, but you choose to go ahead and invest because you can tell it means something is important for that person to have that, have that amount of time with you. So yeah, connections always cost something in my opinion. They, they don't, they don't come easy and they're not, um, you know, some connections are super easy. Um, but even in like the best of cases, sure. There's always there's always cost associated. Got it. Debbie said, how do we reach people who isolate themselves, which was followed by T. Sinku, who said, so many people have a have difficult time reaching out and admitting a need. What do you recommend for those who are not naturally inclined to see connection? So how do we help those that may isolate and because of that difficulty? I think, um, again, that this is a situation where you – Every situation is different. 
So there are some people that genuinely just really want you to make the effort. So they make you, <laughs> they you make know, you work they, for it a little they bit. They make you work for it maybe a little bit. And then there's other people who just genuinely want to be isolated a little bit. Maybe they're in a period of life where it's just it's just too painful to take the chance that because if you've gone through an extreme loss or you've gone through something that's been incredibly difficult, you just know that there are some people that if you let them in, they're going to make it hurt worse. And you're very cautious about that, um, about who you let in just because of that. And so what I'd say is if there's somebody who's isolating and choosing it, I think what's important to let them know is that you care about them, that you love them, and that you will be there for them as much as they want you to be there for them. It, you really, in my opinion, least my life experience I've just I've you can't really force people to have a relationship with you you can let them know it's there you can do things to keep reaching out but you can't really force somebody to yeah to be a friend not legally anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true you know said. I think there there are people who um who uh, people at Whole Life, people that you see up front, actually on a regular basis, who when they first came to Whole Life, they intentionally isolated because of the situation they were coming out of. But after they had a little bit of time to heal and, and sort of acclimate, then they were ready. And when they were ready, um, they, they actually took a little bit of initiative and reached out and said, hey, you know what? I've been resting, but now I'm ready. And um, and I appreciate them for, for taking that, that chance yeah. and... I remember reading an interview about uh, the first season of Survivor. The guy who won its name was Richard Hatch, and Richard, for the first couple episodes or days on the on when he was in this Survivor, you know, reality TV game show thing, first couple of days he actually sat on the sidelines mostly and just observed and watched. And and that's what he credits with being able to win is he figured out who was who and what was up. Um, I've watched my children do that on playgrounds. Both of my kids, when they were little, we'd take them to the the playground and both of them would not get on the swings right away. They would kind of wander around the periphery and they just kind of watch who was playing, who what was going on before they jumped into it. I think sometimes extroverts will see introverts circling and be like, dude, just get in. And they're like, no, I want to I need to know that this is a safe place to jump in. And so I think that the same thing is true here at church. I think that there are a number of people in this world who have been deeply wounded in their church experiences. Mm. And they'll come to a church like Whole Life and they'll say, oh, you say you're a safe place, but I think I need to circle the playground a couple times to be yeah. sure mm -hmm. that you are what you say you are and that you that when I make myself vulnerable, that I'm not going to be taken advantage of and that I'm not going to put myself in a place to be hurt as I have been hurt in the past. And so I think we have to be patient with people and let people do things in their time in the way that works best for them. I do think there's some people who who just sometimes circle and never stop. Yeah. And and maybe need a little bit of a nudge. Don't um, give up. A gentle nudge. Um, but I think it's also just important to read the clues and just, just give people the space that they need. And again, I think Melanie said it earlier, just people are in different seasons of life. There's just a time sometimes when somebody's like, you know what, this is where I need to be. Uh, out on the periphery is where I need to be right now. I am not, uh, I've just got enough stuff happening in my life. This is where the best place is for me right now. We need to respect people sometimes when they say that, or since they sometimes we should respect them when they say that. Absolutely. 
Um, Trafina said, as someone who experienced significant loneliness during my recent illness where my family could not be with me at all times for six months, I believe that there is so much more for us to do as a church and individuals. Excited to see connectedness in action, even for those who cannot make it out. I wonder how we would connect virtually or with those unable to attend events on a weekly basis. And I can say that we have some really cool, really cool ideas that we're looking to implement this year as as part of our online connecting with people that aren't able to come and and be here on a weekly basis. And I know that there's I mean, obviously, with a virtual connection, there are limitations, but there are things that we can do and we're. We're excited to continue to explore those, and we'll. And I'm hoping before maybe I don't know. I never like to give a date because it's hard to say when these things might begin to happen. But I feel like there's there's good things on the way. Well, and Trafina, I just want to affirm what you said. We do have room to grow. Sure, um, and uh, that is one of the challenges that as a a staff here at Whole Life that we are taking very seriously. How do we how do we make sure that we connect with people who are in the hospital long term, who are shut in? How do we go ahead and make sure that we help people through that that isolation that does create loneliness and and um, that is an area that we can grow in and that we are planning on growing in. So I just want to just affirm what you said. And just let you know, yes, um, we see that too. And we are definitely working um, hard towards growing in that area. Absolutely. Uh, Tita wants to know, how can we stay connected when our kids don't like coming to church? (laughs) Oh, been there, done that. How can we help them see that the church is important even if they don't want to be here? By giving them the choice and respecting it. It's a hard thing to do. And trust me, as a pastor, there is a lot of pressure for your kids to be at church. And But I want you to know that since my kids have been in their very early teens, it has been their decision whether they want to come to church or not. And I have done my best to not push it and just to let them make the decision. There's no doubt in my children's minds that I'd like them at church. <laughs> yeah, They know that. But I've also tried to say, hey— you are growing up and you are making decisions. And so what I would say is if your children aren't wanting to come to church, please don't make them. As far, when I say children, uh, teens, maybe maybe your yeah. kids that are younger than teens, you know, we did force our children up to, you know, that those early teen years to be at church. But one of the things I'd also look into is why are they not wanting to be at church? Mm-hmm. Well, have them talk that out with you. They might have some valid things going on that you need to hear and maybe we need to hear. And so talk it out with them. Why don't you want to be there? I've one of my favorites was was a guy who and this I don't think this is the case for what we're please don't think that I'm talking about the person who asked this question who's right now that this is applying but another reason I've seen kids not want to be at church is I had a guy that was constantly talking badly about myself and the rest of the church. And I knew it because he did it. He 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 had the decency to say it to my face, but I knew he was saying it at home. I knew he was saying it. And then he would come to me and he goes, yeah, my kids never want to come to church. Well, well, yeah, because you're you're saying that church (laughs) is awful. So, I mean, of course they don't want to come to church. I mean, you don't seem to want to come to church 
I mean, you do, but you don't. And so, um, and so that's what kind of goes to what I said, I think during second service that people say, oh, I don't need church to be a Christian. No, no, you don't. Uh, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian, but you need to be a part of a church to be a Christian. Being a Christian is about community. It's not about going to a building once a week. And so one of the things I just encourage is when it comes to our kids, we've, it's, I think we need to help them understand that they're a part of a messy group of people because people are messy. And being a part of that community has its pluses and it has sometimes some drawbacks. And let's listen to our kids. Let's hear what the drawbacks are. Uh, there was a point where I moved my kids out of a community because it was not a church community because it was not it was toxic for them. It was not what was best for them. It was painful. It was hard, but it was the right thing to do. Um, and so, what I would say is, listen to your kids. Don't push them. Because what I've found in life is the harder I push, the more my kids push back, the more they're like, hmm, I'll show you. And when I finally get my way, it's like all the people that will send their kids to um, <laughs> to boarding schools that fit their flavor of Christianity uh, or Seventh-day Adventism in this case. And they're, what I've seen is like the, the ultra-conservative schools, these kids are forced to go there. And as soon as they get done with them, I watch these kids, they go do what they wanted to do anyway. And so what did you accomplish by forcing them into that? I don't think you accomplished what you thought you were. And so um, it's a hard thing to do to allow our kids as they grow up to start making mistakes and or things that we view as mistakes. But Rashawn and I have both just felt we would really rather our children make mistakes while they're home with us that we can walk through with them than trying to put them, forcing them to go to church. Yeah. And then when when finally they can make their own mind, then they go off. Because at least when they're at home and, they're, and I come home at the end of the church service, you know what? We sit down, we have a meal. And you know what my kids say? What happened to church today? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, glad you asked. Let me yeah. tell you. You know, I think the other thing is that, I mean, kid, kids, teens are just like adults. If they don't feel like they belong, if they don't feel like they fit, if they don't feel like there's a purpose for them to be there, they're not going to want to be there. And so I think, you know, looking back on the times when my kids did not want to come to church versus the times when they did want to come to church, they wanted to come to church if they had something to do, something mm. that, that, you know, so if, if you're a parent whose kid is not, or, you know, whose teen is not interested in coming to church, uh, what are they interested in? Are they budding musicians? You know, would would they like to be involved in music at whole life? Are they are they interested in technical things? Are they interested in learning how to to run a camera for broadcast? Are they interested? I mean, there are a lot of different things that are happening around here at whole life that, you know, we would love to involve more people in. And so if there's sure. something that you, you think your kid might enjoy doing or might enjoy learning or being a part of, you know, see about making that connection and getting them involved because in my experience, if they have something to, to do and they like what they're doing and they're making friends in that area, just like everybody else, they're going to want to be here. It's, it's a mentoring thing for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of opportunities, especially 
I we be- need photographers. Mm-hmm. We, we need, need writers. People to yeah. write. We need people to watch kids. We need people to to weed. Yeah. Uh, we need. I mean, there's all kinds of volunteer opportunities that, and so. And, yeah, and, and, I love that, Melanie. I think that I know that's what kept me really engaged with church through my teen years and young adult years was that the fact that I was, I found something that I enjoyed doing, and the church let me do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I I get the scary part too. I mean, even being someone who I'm the exact poster child for what Ken described. It's like, oh, you are going to go to church. No, sir, not happening. And, you know, I would I would drive across the lawn in the back of our church behind the school and pull in and sneak in the back so my mother could turn around and see me. So she couldn't see when, because if the windows were open, she could see my car go in the driveway. Uh, and then, you know, once my mom would see me, boom, I was back out, snuck out, back across the lawn. I was out doing what I want to do. I'm not coming to church. This is ridiculous. But I'm under your rules. I have to do whatever you're forcing me to. But it was, it was begrudgingly. Yeah. And, and I don't blame my mom. I, you know, I never want to throw shade at your parents that have done the best with what they were taught and what they wanted. And, you know, dealing like my mom said, I get 98% of my mom's gray hair being married to my dad for over 50 years, my brother life, everything else shares 2%. So, uh, you know, I, I get that, but I would agree. With, I totally agree with Ken and I get that it's scary when, when, you know, Ellie started getting older and. It's like, look, if you can go out and if you're responsible enough to drive a car and mature enough to be out and, and doing that, then you got to start making your own decisions. It doesn't, 18 isn't some magical mm-hmm. elixir yeah. that's going to make you smart enough to do things or decide that now I can't tell you what to do. We started giving control of those kinds of things early on. Yeah. And like, I don't want to go to church today. Oh, how come? But then, oh, okay. Well, I'm going, you're going, she's whatever. And then, you know, again, that, I I don't think I agree with Ken. It just you, this the benefits just I just haven't seen the the upside ever to it, and I, I experienced it. But yet I'm still the person that goes, "Ooh, I don't want to say you don't have to go." It's a little, <clears throat> it's a little scary to say that and and mean it, and then when you walk out the door, and they're still at home, and you're in the car leaving, it's like, whoa. We're not going to church as a family. And it's like, you know, it's not a great feeling, but I don't think the upside, I just don't, I agree. I don't see an upside. I just think that force is the opposite of God's kingdom. Mm, Yeah, no, I agree. All right. We had a ton of comments, which we're not going to get to, but one of the questions, how do I balance my need for others and not finding my happiness in others, but in God? And I thought that was, Aaron, that's a, that's a really good question that we want sometimes so desperately to come to church and go, whole life is my church. Now where's my people? <laughs> and I need that from them. And, but yet, you know, that what you really need is God, but it also hurts and you don't have the people. Yeah. I think we talked about this a little bit yeah. during the church service. And so I'll just kind of say a little bit of what I said then is that, um, you know, we, we often in Christian circles talk about that God needs to be enough, that you don't, you shouldn't. And and what I what I said in the church service, what I'll say now is God's approval is the only approval that matters. But you know what? God created us to need relationships. And we need to have relationships with other people. And I mean, going back to what I shared with Genesis chapter 2, you know, God said it is not good for man to be, to be alone. alone, and God was right there with him in the moment. And so 
one of the things that I would just encourage is, you know, there's there's codependency, which is not a healthy thing when it comes to relationships. Um, so you, you shouldn't be in a place where you, you know, where you have to have another person. And yet it's not, it is human to need other human interaction. You know, we could have told stories all day about the, the detrimental effects of not having relationships and not having connectedness. You know, they back when they were still allowed to do unethical <laughs> studies, they 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 would take babies and they would they would experiment. They'd have the babies that would only get their diaper. They'd get food every time they cried. They'd get their diaper changed, but they were never held. They were never given any affection. And then they had the babies that were given a f- affection. And the babies that were fed, had their diapers changed, they died. But when they weren't receiving nurture, love, being held. And, and it's crazy to me that somehow we think that as we become adults, we suddenly grow out of that, that we don't, you know, <laughs> babies need it, but I don't, yeah. I'll be, I'll be fine. Um, yeah, you need to have that relationship with God. It needs to be primary. It needs to be front and center. And you need relationships with the people around you. And and, and I sometimes think um, spiritually abusive people use their, their, well, you just need to be good with God so they can be abusive <laughs> and get away with it. It's like, well, or or not do what ought to be done in these relationships. So... Anyway, I'm curious about that word balance because it almost sounds like you've got what God on one side of the scale and people on the other side of the scale, mm. like it's a an either or. And I I think you can mix that all up and put God on one side of the scale with people and God on the other side of the scale with people. I think that's that's um, more of the picture that 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 I see. Yeah. Well, and part of it for me was looking through the conversations that were happening happening on the chat. It made me realize that there are a ton of people. There was just questions by all kinds of people logging in this week. I'll be curious to see what our online numbers looked like this week. Um, but if this many people are having conversations about it, it during a message that are, it, to me, that's a, it's a comfort because I know that other people, A, are feeling lonely, they're having feelings like I'm having at certain times, and that they're also concerned. They want us, they want that, they want a place to feel welcome, just like we want to provide that place, just like the place we, I mean, the whole life is a an outpouring of what staff wants in their lives, right? Like we all want to have a church that is accepting. We all want to have a place that we fit in and that we have a place to connect and that we can make friends. And it, it can be a, a big part of our lives, not just that hour or two on, on Saturday morning. So just the fact that we had so much conversation around this makes me feel like there are a ton of people that care about this, that care about you, that you may just have not met yet. And so, you know, don't give up if you're the introvert, you know, keep Keep uh, keep looking longingly. Keep uh, you know find that find that one thing you can maybe say. Hey, I've been wanting to say hello to you. Or if you're an extrovert and you see somebody wandering aimlessly, go introduce yourself. And you know somewhere in that middle, there's there's a place, and it would be wonderful, like Ken said, to get to where the next time we did the survey, it would be. I don't feel lonely, or I feel like I'm loved here, and that's the most important. And so, I just think the irony of the level of engagement and connection was so much higher on a week when we were talking about well, loneliness. 
<laughs> it just it's it's really interesting how how that triggered more engagement than yeah. we've had. But yeah, and so that you know, covering you today, you you've you know, we we see you, we hear you, and we would love to just, you know, find more and more ways. And we are looking for more and more ways that we can connect. I mean, I feel like this is going to be a really a good year. We've got some cool things that you guys don't know about yet. A few of you know about one of them that just started this past week. And I think that's going to be a really cool way to connect. And if you have an idea, somebody came up to me this past week and said, hey, I have this great idea for a group. I think this would be really oh, fun yeah. if if a bunch of people from Whole Life could do this together. And I said, great, go talk to Randy. So, you know, and he came and talked to you. I think he talked to Freud and and now we've got this cool group that's going to oh, be happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I definitely. I was. We talked for about a half an hour, and you'll find that it's actually going to be on the events page because we want people to know about this. And we may, depending on how this goes, this is kind of like a trial, and maybe it'll be become a small group that y'all can get together. And so there are small groups that can happen around pretty much anything mm -hmm. that you have mutually in common with people. So. This is bicycle, bicycling, yeah, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Cycling, not cycling. just, you know, you, if you don't, uh, if you don't have Lycra or skinny tires, this probably isn't for you. <laughs> well, not necessarily. For, to start. Well, to, yeah. well, well, not for this particular event, but for future but events, for future. There, will, there will be room for those of us who've got Big tires and big smaller other, muscles. Big, <laughs> big tires, big bellies, and less muscles. That's right. I might resemble that remark, but anyway, uh, yeah, we uh, we had a nice conversation. So yeah, we'd love to hear your comments on that too. You can send them to podcast at wholelife.church or 407-965-1607, and you can leave a voicemail or a text message, and we'd love to hear your ideas and how we might be able to expand some small groups. Maybe you'd like to lead one. Maybe you'd like to find one. There's going to be lots more to hear about that in the upcoming yeah. weeks too. So next week we are connecting what? Vertically. Vertically. Oh, okay. So if the if the horizontal is a little bit lacking, make sure the vertical is nice and strong. Is that? Yes. No, and. we want both to be strong. Yes and. Oh, of course we want both to be strong. Yeah. yeah. Yes and. I love yes and. <laughs> that just has so many opportunities. Doesn't it? It does. It feels good. It feels good. Yes and. Yeah, I went to a... Uh Oh, that's the uh, that's the key to improv. Is it? Yes, and yes, and <laughs> can't say no. That's right. Ken had Ken had a little improv experience so this past went week. To a improv thing this last weekend it was weekend. It was so fun. And why did you go to that? Because I love improv. No, that's not. That's the not it. He's and dodging. I, turn, I turned forty nine this Yay! week. Yeah. We are not going to sing. Well, no. I'm not going to sing because that's ugly. Uh, well, Melanie? Melanie would be good, but that's okay. I, well, I, I'm just gonna. I, I, I sang to him already. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not singing. And your birthday it, present is coming in. Uh, when are we going to Daytona? couple weeks oh yeah yeah i've got something special lined up for that so that's why i didn't bring any today oh i'm excited yeah it's not yeah. that giant box of coal you found at home depot <laughs> is it <laughs> so you're saying i'm not going to get what i deserve <laughs> no no you're gonna get it you're gonna get what you deserve you'll all enjoy right. you'll enjoy <laughs> all right all right guys thank you so much as always for listening thank you for your your feedback and all of the questions and comments and just creating that community in the chat and just, you know, if there's someone that you feel like, you know, might be not finding that connection, even if they come to church here in person, man, that whole line, that online community really is an, a great group of people that's just expanding each and every week. So maybe invite them to join the live chat, wholelife.church slash live. And I'm in there quite a bit. I like to make at least one service a week where I'm there the whole time uh, working out and talking with you guys. And of course, our worship hosts are, are there as well. So, 
But you know what? Thank you for listening. And until next time, have a fantastic week.